My name is Rainy Toll, and I'm an abbreviation addict. Hi, Rainy. It's Dars. Abbreviation. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. This week, we kick off our abbreviation series. Why say the whole word when you can just say half of it? Or even better, say a collection of letters that may have no meaning whatsoever to 56% of people in the room. A-F-Y-K-Y-K. Welcome to our five-episode July series, Abbreviation Fiends. This month, we're giving you five abbreviated episodes, just 20 minutes each, more or less, where we recount and discuss salient personal stories and revelations from the week and then dive into a pop culture debrief. Because sometimes, less is more. But also, more is more, in that we'll be putting out episodes more frequently. There's so much to look forward to. This week, we'll dive headfirst into a TikTok crush. He's like clearly very smart, but he's also like uses that intelligence to be a frat star. The art that Darcy is making in her digital rec center. The The rec center is the backbone of society. Oh, yes. What were you going to say? A delayed reflection on the importance of being upfront with how you're feeling in a relationship. I only download Bumble when I'm spiteful. Yup. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the power of acknowledging responsibility on the road to fuckboy recovery. I actually have agency in this. I actually have autonomy in this. I actually can make the choice. LMAO. SMH. Illy. No. Illy. My story of the week recounts a lesson in identifying, respecting, and communicating emotions. I realized after I recorded this that the timeline gets a little confusing, so here's a bird's eye view of what happened before we start. Mason Jar, he's back, dismisses my experience in our relationship, but I don't address how I feel about it. He later explains an experience parallel to mine, so I take the opportunity to turn his words against him in a series of snide remarks to dismiss his experience. He tells me to stop, and while I momentarily reject his hypocrisy, I later realize that his ability to be clear about how I was making him feel in that moment is something that I should work towards. That being said, I still do believe that he initially acted in a dismissive way, and that type of behavior is obviously no fun for anyone. This is an update on Mason Jar. Update on Mason Jar. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Is he going to listen to this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> don't, can't don't speak care. to it. <laughs> can't speak to it. <laughs> um, so he listened to our podcast and he was like, "Thank you, thank you, everyone, do that." <laughs> if you're listening to that, do that. Okay, that's your. He's a role model. He's a role model. Um, and he was like, "So I was talking to him on the phone because we started talking." Um. I know I said I stopped talking to him in the New Year's Eve episode, but that wasn't... Quote, sworn off <laughs> fuck boy. He really liked the New Year's Eve episode. Because, oh wait, he liked it because he was in it? Is that, is that the reason? <laughs> I don't know. He was just sort of like, it was just interesting to hear your perspective on, on that night, because I just had a, I just didn't, he was like, I think you and Darcy give way too much credit for, to fuck boys. I think like, generally we're just not thinking about anything at all. And that is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That doesn't relieve you of responsibility. (laughs) Because your brain actually is not firing any neurons. (laughs) Doesn't mean you aren't accountable. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I really liked it. The one thing that I would say is that when you said that we've been talking for seven months, somebody listening would think that I'm an asshole. And... I like we were snapchatting but I don't think that counts as talking 
and I was like, I, I genuinely didn't know what other vocabulary word to use. Like, I think I even used Snapchatting and said that he was like out of the country. Um, so I was sort of like, he was saying that our conversations were meaningless and they didn't count. And I felt like just very invisible and I'm a middle child. So like, Mm. but then I didn't really say anything. Then later on, he was like, yeah, well, I had been dating my ex-girlfriend for a year and a half. And I was like, well, you were abroad for a year. And as you have expressed, texting doesn't count as talking. So six months, shall we say, that you were in a relationship? <laughs> Which obviously isn't fair because staying in touch with your current girlfriend is different than like starting a new relationship. Um, he was like, well, that's not fair. And that didn't make me feel good. Didn't say anything out loud, but in my head, I was like, oh, did you not like it when I dismissed your experience and told you that all the time and effort that you put into talking to somebody didn't exist and didn't count? Like, did that make you feel bad? Gaslighting? You don't like gaslighting? Oh. Mm. (laughs) Welcome to the club. (laughs) Welcome to the anti-gaslighting club. (laughs) We're inducting new members. You are now one of them. Um... (laughs) But then, so then I was like furious and I was like, this is what my story of the week is going to be about. Then I was (laughs) writing it all down and I was like, um, actually he handled it very well compared to me who was like kind of confused and upset, didn't bring it up and then said something snarky like 10 minutes later. Mm. Like he was actually like setting boundaries and being like, don't do that, which I should have done. And I'm kind of inspired by him. So... It's okay for him to tell me not to be mean. And in the same way, it's okay and healthy for me to be like, this makes me feel dismissed and uncared for and insignificant. Okay, so I, I think this is really nuanced, actually. And I think it's really <laughs> interesting because I think I had an experience with my um, tennis Florey as well, where he was kind of like, I mean, just made very clear mm-hmm. what like a boundary was for him and and that boundary wasn't really compatible with like my behavior (laughs) (laughs) and like I just sort of like that was like very important to him like me not um doing the thing that I was doing was like very important to him and like he kind of like alluded to it and I guess he he was he was not so clear and then he was clear Mm -hmm. um when the not so clear (laughs) message definitely didn't land (laughs) and then and then I just, like, still continued to do it. Because you're like, don't tell me what to do. Right. Like, you can't, don't censor me. Right. That's another theme of the week, but <laughs> I can't censor get into me. it. <laughs> don't censor me, but I think something that I struggle with a lot, but it's, like, they're just humans, too, and, like, setting boundaries is a really good mm-hmm. thing. One thing that, I think the reason, sometimes I'm, like, super mean, I think especially, like, to in the high school. Boy? No, like, in high school or in mm-hmm. middle school or, like, to my sister like and I think a lot of times I just like didn't realize I I didn't I thought I was kind of powerless and so I just like say stuff where I'm like like call this guy the most misogynistic person I knew or like just kind of like been mean and I was like I think in the moment I was kind of like thinking that I actually didn't have like it that it just didn't matter right and then I was just like oh but being on the receiving end of that actually I don't know if I could take that totally This is a great point and one that I like totally echo that powerlessness feeling. The way that I mean is I just like tend to like belittle people and just like (laughs) 
because again back to like being made like i know how i feel when people make me feel dumb Mm -hmm. and i know that that's like my least favorite feeling in the world so Mm -hmm. when i am like angry or acting out or frustrated like i'll just be like yeah you probably wouldn't understand this which is like yeah super not okay yeah but i have weaponized that against him before and he's like said that to me and been like i think it becomes very complex because it's like this fear of feeling powerless and then like but again i mean we talk about that feeling of powerlessness i think that's like directly linked to low self-worth right like i think it's like right Mm. comes full circle comes full circle like truly knowing that like you have power and have worth and like have an ability to impact the people around you Close to the end of uh, this past week, I happened upon this Harper's Bazaar article. So the article is called Love in the Time of COVID-19, Why This Pandemic is a Fuckboy's Paradise. So, yeah, and I was reading this article and, like, my mouth was falling open. Yeah. I was like, how have you so succinctly diagnosed (laughs) every issue with every person in this fuckboy relationship yeah, so the first part is, like, he's pretty much is, like, fuck boys break things off when it gets too intimate, and then he goes into, like, he pretty much explains that the fuckboy communicates as a means, the way that he communicates as a means to protect himself. So, one of the big takeaways for me was um, that pretty much the fuckboy relationship as a whole is a product of low self-worth on both sides of the relationship, and so it's kind of just bad for both parties because it compounds really like negative self-destructive tendencies on both sides. And like he talks about the reclamation of power, which is what I'm really trying to focus on as I move forward. But I think we've talked a lot about taking responsibility and accountability. Our fuckboy episode was all about holding fuckboys accountable and responsible. And I think that definitely is a piece of it. And like people need to know how to do better. But at a certain point when it's just not your job to teach them and you have really have to make the choices he says stop blaming the fuck boy it's pretty much like take responsibility for your choices reclaim your power to make choices that reflect how much you care about yourself he also says that the term fuck boy in and of itself is disempowering and pretty much by like buying into that be trying to be like belittling and name calling we're still like buying into the behavior and it causes like continued self-victimization of the circumstance like we give away our power when we put our participation in the relationship he's kind of arguing for women to take responsibility and be like i'm making space for this and i'm like giving him the time of day and like that's on me and take responsibility that's what he meant was like by calling him a fuckboy you're making him the villain and by making him the villain you're making yourself the victim right and just like like you have agency and you can leave exactly yeah exactly yeah, I thought this was a really cool article overall. Definitely worth a read. Link in bio or link in episode podcast description. Um, but my biggest problem with it was when it was just sort of like women who are engaging with fuckboys. That means that you have low self-esteem and like if you don't want to be treated poorly, why don't you just leave? And it's like it's on you because it's like why are we like putting this all on the victim? Like fundamentally, fuckboys didn't don't treat women well. It was kind of like Cheryl Sandberg's Lean In, where she was like, "Yeah, it's like there's some patriarchal bullshit, but you just have to like game the system." He's kind of like one of those guys where it's like, girls always say they want a nice guy, and then they don't actually do it, you know? And it kind of didn't really give. I feel like it wasn't that empathetic to the experience of dealing with a fuckboy because you don't know. It's not like going in, you're like, fuckboys are these like 
like slimy monsters where you're like immediately it's like how do you like let yourself have a crush almost you know without being like super cautious and super like overly um afraid right it's like and then yeah exactly and it's like then there's also a problematic dynamic with that where it's like so do we just like wait until a man is like begging us to be with him right and like right that 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 eliminates agency for women of like can we not pursue people and then like be disappointed right like i would like agency to be disappointed (laughs) yeah Yeah. but like truly i i think that's also like a fallacy of the dating world too it's like an unfortunate standard of like women being like i'm gonna wait for them to come to me like i'm not gonna pursue or like the stigma around women making their first move the stigma around women being forward or like expressing sexual interest yeah 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 i think the thing that also i was thinking about when i was reading this is just um i actually have agency in this i actually have autonomy in this i actually can make the choice to cut this really toxic person off from my life interestingly he says saying no to fuckboy should be the next wave of feminism and i think also in my personal relationship it was very much like villain victim like villain victim Uh and i don't think that like dichotomy like i think i also did some things that like hurt him Uh uh-huh and so like i don't because there was already a power dynamic that existed Mm -hmm. i wanted to know that i had some power in like like framing myself as the victim and like um thinking in that way mm-hmm. like yeah i was aware that he hurt me but i was i i, I didn't really like like that feeling of like having that right. label and so that's why i think in my recovery journey from <laughs> in my my recovery journey from the drug that is the fuckboy right your withdrawal um, yeah yeah my withdrawal <laughs> i just was so frustrated with that idea of being the victim and like really didn't want to be that and then he would always bring up the fact that he felt like the villain and then right. i was like I'm not the victim. Like, I'm not the victim. Why are you calling yourself the... Right. the... And then I felt like I had to, like, actively, consciously or subconsciously right. be a little bit villain, villainy. Right, to, like, match it. To like, match honestly, the power dynamic. Would you rather be a victim or a villain? A villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, because when you think of victimhood, I mean, like, victim is a legal term. And that implies trauma. And that right. implies that someone has literally exploited or taken advantage of your body. Right. And that's why people yeah. use the word survivor instead of victim. Mm-hmm. It yeah. literally through verbally depletes agency. You're a fuckboy survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this has been Fuckboy Survivors. <laughs> the time has come for week one of a little pop culture debrief. But- oh no, this actually is perfect because you're going to talk about TikTok. I'm going to talk about Strava. Yeah. And these are, like, niche social media platforms of choice. (laughs) TikTok isn't niche anymore. Yeah. Okay, this is my TikTok journey. I downloaded TikTok because my sister kept sending me TikToks. But I was so embarrassed that I had a TikTok that I literally, I was like, I'm not putting my name on here. I'm not publishing anything. It's just so that I can go and, like, check her TikToks. And I was just, like, just mortified that i even had a tiktok because i was like i'm too old for this totally um and And to be honest that fear was valid because (laughs) i was incredibly judgmental of people with tiktoks and then i got one (laughs) and then i was like okay the most amazing video hacking mind my data app in the world yeah (laughs) like this is peak entertainment i was like yeah i was talking to my sister and um 
she was like honestly tiktok is probably like the least destructive to your mental health like china is spying on us but other than that it's really the best the best like the healthiest social media app that was like it destroyed my mental health what well why it's highly addictive oh my gosh addictive in a way that facebook instagram snapchat they're not literally yesterday i was standing in my kitchen holding like my arm was holding my phone elbow at a right angle and i'm not kidding by the time i got off my arm was like in severe pain because i've been standing there with my arm it's like the like tiktok injuries tiktok injuries like and like time passed so fast and my muscles were like (laughs) why are why has your arm been like this for an hour because your brain wasn't registering pain because it was consuming videos (laughs) so it was like yeah so so i got tiktok and now but looking back i'm like i was embarrassed like this is the best app of all time Mm. this is if i had to choose one social media it might very well be tiktok so that's my tiktok um journey but now my favorite part of tiktok is there's this user named fibula a la the bone in your calf i am so deeply in love with him and (laughs) (laughs) sorry i was gonna ask a question about the name but i wanted that that statement to come out about you professing (laughs) your love because it's so deep and so vast and so powerful literally i was like i want to be tiktok famous I literally don't care how I get famous. I just want to be famous so that Fibula will notice me mm. and um, DM me. Honestly, he, everyone needs to look him up after listening to this episode. We'll link him. We'll definitely in. link him. And yeah, Should we plug him, though? I think people need to do their own research. I don't know if we should give our platform to him. <laughs> <laughs> I would die for him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Retracted. Retracted. But he's like this like gorgeous he okay he's like this frat star with intelligence like he's like clearly very smart but he's also like uses that intelligence to be a frat star uses that intelligence for good i.e frat star is no he i wouldn't <laughs> say for good but i i think there are better things that he could do with it i um <laughs> honestly he actually so i obviously did a little outside research outside of tiktok and I found out that he was, before the pandemic, I think, he was working for Bumble as in their marketing department. And... Okay. Hi. Yeah, right? I was like, like... Wow. This is... And they have great marketing. I mean, I feel like he probably went to USC or something. Yeah, I think he did too. I could see him going to USC. Uh, yeah, so his whole thing is like, he's 23 and... Like, recent graduate, doesn't have a job, and makes jokes about it, kind of like us. Relatable. (laughs) Info to come on how, on, on Rainy, Rainy becoming TikTok famous. Right, yeah. I know, I'm kind of like, what, what's my genre? Like, am I a dancer? Am I a, like, lip syncer? Am I... Comedy. Am I a, like, feminist account? Commentary, ooh, yeah. Commentary. I feel like we could do a pretty good feminist TikTok account. Yeah, I, I was a dancer, (laughs) (laughs) in my TikTok career i was a dancer (laughs) and i had moderate success and but as as tends to happen with me in social media accounts like as soon as i get more than 100 followers i like internally combust from the (laughs) amount of social pressure and anxiety i feel so (laughs) what's crazy is you like actively seek out the 100 followers you're like i must get 100 and now i totally now i can't anymore definitely yeah 
Which is yeah. a great segue into my story <laughs> about <laughs> a little app that we call Strava. <laughs> Strava means strive in like <laughs> Swedish or Danish or something. It's, <laughs> Sure. Did you make yeah. that up? No. And I, yes, I'm sure. Okay. No, I didn't make it up. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded um, pretty fake, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> well, it is definitely a real app. Strava has become a really important part of my mm. life. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Explain the premise, though, because it's like... Strava essentially is this... I recommend that everyone download it, even mm-hmm. if you aren't like a runner or a biker or a swimmer. Well, you probably should do one of those things. <laughs> if, you're, <laughs> if you're active at anyway, it's pretty much a fitness tracking. It's a fitness tracking app. Yeah. That allows you to... It was originally constructed for cyclists mm. to track their, like, segments. And yeah. so that they could kind of, like, compete against one another. It, it was, like, a, it was like kind of, like, a community-building cycling app. So you log a work... You start your Strava at the beginning of your workout. You press stop at the end of your workout. It tracks where you go. And then you're able to title your workout and then write a description for your workout. Mm. And you can add photos. And then that shows up (laughs) in the feed of people that are following you, like a normal social media platform. So it's kind of like a social media platform for working out. So whenever you've described this to me in the past, I always thought it was a map of Denver and like different little routes. And then you could click the route and see who did it. No. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to make that. (laughs) Did I just sell it to you? No, I'm going to make my own app with a map. Oh, okay, okay. No, 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 no. no. I support that. I'm I'm saying yes and. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Yes and. Originally got on Strava because of kind of quarantine. Right. Can't go to my rec center. Mm -hmm. Can't have the... The rec center is the backbone of... Society. Oh, yes. What were you going to say? Our post-collegiate existence. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, we don't really have... We don't have much, but we do have the rec center we have the rec center we don't have it anymore yeah that, which is probably what, which is why we had to make our podcast so we could do some recreational thinking mm-hmm. we're just wrecking around so um and then i was like can't go to the rec center can't have the like um sexual eye contact with people i vaguely know like what <laughs> <laughs> what am i going to do <laughs> and then i was like okay strava let's go digital community building mm-hmm. which is like my number one turn on <laughs> honestly um and also it's motivating yeah so it's like it's hugely motivating and at first i was like okay this is just like funny well i've had phases of it where i've been like okay this is funny and then i'm like oh no this is serious and then i'm like oh no this is hilarious and then i'm like i am going to push my body to the limit for this <laughs> this is a diehard competition this means nothing yeah as as like i, I go back and forth with, with like, any social media like sometimes i take media. instagram like not seriously at all and then sometimes i'm like if this post doesn't get like this is a media outlet i'm winning a pulitzer like yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is my road to fame and i have to take this seriously if i want to if i want to make it a la tiktok right now when i decide i want to yeah. be tiktok famous so that people would notice me right and i think as soon as things become too serious for me i'm like i'm like a fuckboy with social media accounts i'm like <laughs> too too serious i i need to disengage i need a ghost <laughs> too serious too much pressure <laughs> too much emotional vulnerability actually th- okay so this is the thing that's setting me apart on strava yeah that people don't do it's the emotional vulnerability <laughs> exactly <laughs> thank you um yeah like there first of all it's male dominated 
There are there are women on Strava, but like it's a, a lot. It's like the physics department of the social media world. Yeah, yeah. I would. I, yes. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Two. First of all, founded by two guys, of course, because right, they're classic. like hyper competitive and like want to track like they're their cycling. Like, we just love biking and apps and computer science. Mm. yeah yeah <laughs> the classic <laughs> the classic menu uh yeah so it's like kind of male dominated and then i was like oh let me just follow some like old um like Blades. high school yeah high school friends i started using it as kind of like a journal and literally a <laughs> publishing site for my blog <laughs> in which i like contemplate ideas that are like interlaced with like reflections on working out and how like mm. treacherous it is <laughs> Well, I feel like my my most deep reflections are from running. Right. And I think I've I've thought about that before when I'm like, oh yeah, Rainy comes to like her best and most sound decisions like after she runs. Maybe I should document them though. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes I just think of some like bullshit ass, like nothing, nothing, nothing. And then there's really nothing. Yeah. And that nothing, 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 I still write about it. And a lot (laughs) of times, but it's also like a cultural... It's like cultural analysis. It's I, I I write about the music that I'm listening to. I write about like how I'm feeling. I write about like yeah. metaphors and analogy. I I it oftentimes incorporate analogies. For example, I ran to the ballot box the other day, and um, ooh, that's a hot run. That's like civic duty, and civic engagement, neighborhood locality, like just like mm, thank yes. you. And it's crazy because now my brain is programmed. I'm like thinking about yeah what i'm gonna write and i'm like but i think that's more civic enragement like (laughs) carrying democracy on because i had i had a little ballot backpack (laughs) and you were literally carrying democracy i was literally carrying democracy on my back wow and then literally the founding fathers would be so proud of you yeah they. i mean do you want their approval no No. but (laughs) (laughs) but regardless yeah, I'm pretty much using it as um, a literary vehicle. Sometimes I think that, like, having a goal for, like, like oh, I have to write about this then makes your thoughts more conscious. I love that. I've built up a moderate following on Strava of, like, 47 people. <laughs> <laughs> 46 people. And I... That feels like a lot. On that, yeah. on that app, in the context of that app, that feels like a lot. And I'm mm. like, whoa, I'm in a room of... 46 people which is crazy because like on instagram i have like 1600 followers yeah no braggies (laughs) why do i know that number on the top of my head (laughs) gamification folks that's what gamification (laughs) does to you fuck analytics but um (laughs) of like the one of three numbers in the top of your (laughs) (laughs) fuck analytics okay but not fuck analytics because like i might want to go into that i don't know it's like really confusing It's really confusing. I feel like very it's like they're so powerful. It's like are you gonna harness the power? Are you gonna like avoid the power? (laughs) I feel ambivalent about analytics. Okay, (laughs) it's just been like kind of a cool thought experiment, honestly. Mm -hmm. And like I play with the format, and I feel like it's it's open for me to like write poetry if I need to. (laughs) I have said that I want to do Strava haikus, so it's kind of like a politics, literary, personal story. Yes, reflection platform yes, yes. that i also can use for humor and comedy which is like <laughs> low-key you know that's inspir- uh, that is inspiring and i i want to get strava maybe just to follow you that would mean the world to me you can be my 47th follower and i will devote a run to you what and our podcast yes it's call her daddy the liberal arts version of call her daddy with hosts who grew up on pbs done and we out I'm more inspired than ever to become TikTok famous. 
And when Fibula and I are on vacation, walking around the old course in St. Andrews while sharing some dark chocolate, and I say it's colder in Scotland than I thought it would be, and he says you're overreacting, it's not that cold, I will say, don't tell me I'm overreacting, this is how I feel. And for me, 55 degrees and overcast requires a sweater, which I didn't pack because I thought we were going on a summer trip. And as the thoughtful, warm, bratty TikTok star that he is, he will give me his sweater because he respects how I feel. Overall, saying how you feel and respecting your own emotions is critical. Upon reviewing this episode, I kept coming back to the complicated question of villain or victim, which hinges on power and agency. The villain-victim dichotomy is, of course, polarizing and divisive, and disallows nuance in the assessment and breakdown of interpersonal relationships. We all can be victims, and we all can be villains, and the reality is that many of us are both at the same time. Am I ready to eliminate fuckboy from my lexicon? That's aspirational. To the author of our Harper's Bazaar article, who is a dude, the next wave of feminism is definitely going to entail more than just saying no to fuckboys, okay? That's for the record. But for the standards that govern interpersonal relationships to change, we all have to change. And that starts with taking ownership of our actions and confronting the parts of ourselves that we don't like very much. Truth hurts. This has been episode one of our summer series, Abbreviation Feeds. If you want to support the podcast, subscribe. And follow us on Twitter. Our handle is doingitwrong4. We hope you have a great week and make sure to do some things wrong. Also, just, yeah, just follow me on Strava. Thank you so much. I, uh, I appreciate you. Doing It Wrong is made by Darcy Newrider and Rainy Toll. Our executive producers are Toll, Rainy and Newrider, Darcy. Our technical directors are Rain Woman, Not Rain Man, Toll, and Darcy Hagendas Nucleotide. Our sound engineers are Taney Roll and Narcy Dewrider. Love them. Special thanks to our writers, Dars, New at Writing, New Writer, and Rainey has written some essays before Toll. And our editors, D. Newwriter at KentDenver.org and Rainey Toll at ScienceandTech.org, who have put in many hours into this production. We source our contemporary philosophy from Darcy De Sorrento Nucleotide and Rainito, descendant of the Toll family that owns Toll and Toll. Our intern is May Toll. And we receive begrudged, second-rate freelance creative consulting from Luke Newrider. Our custodians are Rain Dog, Let's Get Through This Fog, and D New New 22 This Is Not About You. Please reach out to our large team if you're interested in contributing or being a guest on our show. Every inquiry must begin with the whom's it may concern or it won't be processed. Our outreach managers and also our contact emails are DarcyNewrider at gmail.com and RainyToll at hotmail.com. Our cover art is by Maddie Haynes. Check her out at MaddieHaynes.com. Peace and blessings. Please check our next episode and text your friend this episode link right now.